Hey, we want to welcome you to um, what we think is a, a good idea. Only time will tell. But uh, this is our second installment of uh, what we're calling Real Life Talk. And it's going to be a podcast. It seems like, you know, everybody's getting into podcasts these days. And it's actually a good thing uh, because it's a, a platform whereby people can share things uh, really more candidly, I think, uh, some of the most you know, great podcasts that are out there are just, it's, it's as though you're sitting at a table and you're talking to a friend. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, but because of the dynamic of what we're all involved in, uh, we deal with people's lives and the Bible, of course, preeminently, and the issues of life. And uh, the scriptures tell us that out of the heart flow forth, come out the, of the heart, the issues of life. And the issues of life is where we live and what we live with. And they're very real, they're very raw, and the fact that people have questions all the time. And so this podcast today, to some level, to some degree, we're going to answer some questions that have come to us uh, just as a ministry, where people either call us or write us. In this particular case, we, we have several that people have written in to us. And so uh, the whole motive and the intent of this is to bring to you the awareness of God's word being relatable in everything. I believe that God's Bible is designed, and we have been designed, so to speak, to have a perpetual interaction. I think the Bible answers every question that a man, that a woman can put forth. I really do. I'm not I'm just not making that up. I believe that if you think, well, you know, what about this? What came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, those kinds of questions. I believe God's word answers that. Um, and so if I believe that, and if the book of life, the word of God, uh, is the word of God, then um, we should be able to answer some questions from God's word. And so um, a woman writes to us, uh, Judith is her name. And she writes this question, and here's why it's important enough for us to put it up as a podcast. She says that she's a born-again follower of Jesus, and that she has this question, and that is, does God expect her to warn her family about sinful conduct, about sinful actions, especially in light of the fact that they claim to be believers? Do I have to warn them? Now, you can hear in her question the grief and the burden of, oh my goodness, I think the question's probably yes, and I don't want it to be yes. I don't want to warn my family. I see that they're doing wrong, but I don't want to warn them. And listen, this is very human of us because we don't want to, none of us wants to get punched in the face and none of us wants to be ostracized from our family. Who wants that? Nobody wants that. But listen to her dilemma, which I believe is actually awesome. Her dilemma is, my family is sinning, I see it. She's clearly bothered by that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's telling her they're living wrong. The question that she's asking is proof positive already that God wants her to be involved in answering this question to her family. Do I get involved in my family's issues when I see sin happening? And right now, before we go any further, maybe all of you would say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have neighbors that are robbing banks, you should tell them that it's not a good idea. You should stop robbing banks. And that's easy, right? That's easy to say. But what happens if it's more um, of a raw issue, which again is where God lives with us, the raw issues. 
So what do you mean? Well, here's the rest of her story. Pastor Jack, should I warn my family about their homosexuality? Okay, now people are freaking out. I was all for rebuking people about robbing banks, but now you mention the word homosexuality and pause, stop the, stop the recording. Free pass, can't talk about it. Uh, morally, ethically, consciously illegal, cannot go there. Isn't that convenient for a certain narrative that there's an immediate uh, safe space that, that you have to be granted? And yet the Bible doesn't give homosexuality a safe space. By the way, it doesn't give adultery a safe space either. Uh, the Bible doesn't give a safe space to child abusers or to liars or, let's be honest, the Bible doesn't give us a safe space for all of us because we've all sinned against God. Rather, the Bible exposes things that we can be delivered, that we can be healed. And herein is the big, big problem that the Bible promises a new life, a changed life, uh, if you come to God. Now, listen, before I was a Christian, homosexuality was not even on my radar. Never been tempted uh, by it. Never have thought about it. It seems insane to me uh, for a million reasons. That's not my thing. Uh, I think God made things for a purpose and uh, logic, and there's a concert to what God has done. So to me, that's extremely unnatural, and it certainly is damaging to uh, individual's conduct, body, soul, and spirit. It's not my problem. I don't have to deal with that. But here's a woman who has to deal with it because she's surrounded by it. She says that her family members, by the way, and there's quite a few, and she says that, um, for example, she has, and I'm not going to be too specific just in case to protect the innocent, right, on this. So there are people close to her. There are numerous uh, extended relatives uh, that are practicing the transgender lifestyle. Um, she said that it has even engulfed the younger children of the family. Her heart is grieved by that. She says, my whole family um, supports them and, uh, you know, has no problem with it, at least verbally. Uh, but she said, I didn't either until I read the Bible. I think that's such a huge statement. She's so right. Um, but she read the Bible, and she says, our Catholic religion, she says here, um, which I am no longer a part of uh, because they didn't teach anything regarding that from the Bible, and yet the Bible is full of this, this issue of homosexuality. Uh, do I need to warn them? Because if I warn them, I know I'm going to be rejected. And my heart is hurting so much. My family is very strong supporters of... Uh, the Democrats, uh, they are very much against Republicans. They reject Trump completely. And they, um, they also have included their children in on this lifestyle and all. And so she's been counseled not to say anything to anybody, but her heart is burdened. Listen, this is, wow, this is the issue. This is Christianity. So let's just kind of unpack this for a moment because... Everyone, all of us have, have possibly, I'm sure, somebody in our families that are trending this way or are experimenting this way. So first of all, God says that he made male, female. He made them uh, one and he made them uh, husband and wife to be married for, for the propagation of family. 
Um, and God says, this is family. He's defined it. Um, we have not. We cannot. Uh, the California legislature, the courts cannot define what marriage is. Uh, but right now, we've so blown since 2008, we've blown beyond what marriage is. And now it can be anything that you want it to be. We are actually in a cultural shift in America whereby uh, the scripture, by the way, in the book of Kings says that when there was no leader in Israel, every man did what was right in his own eyes. That's America today. Uh, people are doing whatever's right in their own eyes. By the way, that's the precursor. That's the opening throes of anarchy is internal lawlessness where I can do whatever I want to do. And I want to do whatever I want to do. And I don't want any negative ramifications from it. So the first step is you must accept my lifestyle. Uh, can you imagine if I were to say to you, you have to accept the fact that I'm a Christian and you just have to deal with it. If that were true, there would have been no persecutions in the history of the world against Christianity. Right? Think of it. The reality is you and I live in a world whereby we are commanded, really, from logic, morality, and reason to tolerate one another. You know, to tolerate doesn't mean you approve. To tolerate presupposes that you completely disagree with somebody else's view, but you grant them the human dignity and the respect of a human. Uh, to say, I disagree with your view. I think you're wrong, and uh, I, don't, I don't bear witness of that. You can't even say that anymore because our nation's lost its mind. Uh, oh, you're offensive. Immediately you're labeled. And why does this happen? Because we can't handle the truth. We can't deal with the truth. And so everything is about my reality is, is my feelings. How I feel is my world. Don't shake it up. Because frankly, I don't know how to defend it. It's so personal, but I feel it. And so let me be. So this, this woman is in a situation where God is saying to her, I have no doubt God is saying to her, you need to tell them, you need to warn them. Ezekiel chapter 3, for example, tells us, Jesus says it in Matthew 5, um, that we need to tell people that they're living in unrighteousness. Now, if you're a good listener, you're saying, aha, Mistake, Jack, because who defines righteousness? I say kudos to you. Excellent observation. Great question. The answer is we do not. No one, nobody has the authority or the right to define or to describe what righteousness is except God. God's the one who says this is right and this is wrong. You say, yeah, but I got a degree from university and I learned for four years there are no absolutes. Well, that only works in a theoretical world. To claim that there's no absolutes is to, is to live, in fact, it's hilarious, to claim that there's no absolutes, that's an absolute statement, and it doesn't work. No, there's absolutes. If you go outside on the building and you jump off the building, you're going to go down, you're not going to go up. There's absolutes. If there's electrical power running through these walls and I lick the wall socket over here, I'm going to get shocked. Why? These are laws. If you like it or not, they're laws. And you're going to get shocked or you're going to fall down if you jump off the building. God says that homosexuality is a sin. Sin means to miss the mark. So God says this is a male and a female. So just biologically, God has created the male a certain way and the female a certain way. You just look at the parts. Isn't it amazing? An idiot can figure out these parts fit together. They're like Legos. 
this can happen. You say, well, you know, the other parts fit together too. Well, okay, go ahead and say that. But scientifically, there's only one part of this equation that can produce life. By the way, can produce life, which means if evolution's true, if evolution's true, homosexuality would have been eradicated a zillion years ago. Right? Evolution would have X'd out homosexual practice from the animal species, the human, because it doesn't produce life. Just talking biology. Heterosexual intercourse, and by the way, monogamous, I should say, if we're going to be scientific, a, a male and a female that are practicing union together and they're not introducing outside or external biologies. So it's just them. Did you know that over the course of time, as they continue to uh, enjoy the gift that God has given them, did you know that both of their immune systems get stronger? Get stronger. Did you know that if you practice uh, multiple partners, uh, even in a heterosexual experience, multiple partners, did you know that you attack your immune system? Uh, the Surgeon General C. Everett Koop under the Reagan administration said in his book, which I don't remember the title of right now, he says in his book that for every union you have physically with someone sexually, you are actually inheriting from that person body fluid chemistry that is carrying within it seven years, seven years of the, the biology it has hosted. So if someone had sex one time with someone who had sex with somebody within the last seven years, this person now is the recipient of at least, of at least two biological chemical prints, fingerprints, so to speak. Wow. Can you imagine if you have sex with somebody who's had 10 partners in the, within the last seven years, you are now inheriting these multiple phases of chemical imprinting or reception of biology or chemical um, implant, if I can put it that way, injection. That's scary if you think about it. Oh my goodness. That's just heterosexual. But if you look at homosexual practice, first of all, the very, the very foundation of homosexual practice is predominantly driven by sexual passion and desire. A person that is oversexed, even in a heterosexual relationship, winds up practicing to a, uh, an unhealthy a level of heterosexual multiple partner sex, okay? And what happens is you can't get enough. It's like a drug. You have this, oh my gosh, we have to do this. We have to do that. Let's all do this. Let's all do that. And it so escalates to that like someone like uh, Boy George. Anybody remember Boy George? Uh, his comments about how, how he was led into an aberrant sexual uh, experience. What about the guy, um, what about George Michaels, the singer, George Michaels? George Michaels said that he had so many girls, so many ways, and so many times that he became bored with the female body. And he became involved in bisexual and then homosexual conduct. Listen, this is important because scientifically, nobody wakes up or finds out from drawing blood or or looking at DNA, oh wow, I have homosexual blood in me. No, you don't. 
Under Bill Clinton's first administration as president, within the first year of his presidency, he commissioned the U.S. Army laboratories to discover, in fact, you can look it up, Time Magazine did an article on this, finding the gay gene. Finding the gay gene uh, by the U.S. Army laboratories, and at one year of research funded by you and I, uh, the whole ar argument evaporated because the scientific conclusion was by the U.S. Army laboratories, there's no gay gene. So here's the important thing. It's a choice. The Bible says in numerous places, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, all tells us, it tells us that it's a, a sin of choice. And when you talk to people who made the choice, uh, very often and frequent, frequently, it is because either A, they've been child, uh, much of his uh, child abuse sexually, or listen to this, or as a young child exposed to uh, pornography, gross pornography. So imagine that in the mind, in the psyche of a kid, they don't even have to be tampered with, but if they see as a young child uh, terrible pornography, uh, it can affect their processing of the thoughts and ideas about the opposite sex and the same sex. So now in California and much of America, we've got public school systems telling children in first grade that you might be gay puts the thought on their head. It sets them up. So her question is, do I tell my family? Look, she knows what's true. And political correctness has got her in fear. See, Jack, but if she, if she sp says anything, she's going to be ostracized. Yeah, I know. You know what? Nobody wants to sign up for this. By the way, she's going to be ostracized even if that's not the topic. If she were to tell her family, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can go to the Father but through him, boom, she's ostracized. <laughs> So it's not just this homosexual issue that she's having to deal with. It's any issue of absolute that God has called us to stand with him on. So it doesn't have to be that. But she's, she's called to take a stand. She knows it. She's struggling with it. She needs to obey God very lovingly, very tenderly. By the way, systematically, she needs to talk to each individual family member as is possible and say to them, listen, the Bible says this, God loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay on this course of life. It will destroy you. The chances of you committing suicide is huge, depressed. You're going to go from, from a one, one lifestyle to the next, and it's going to be unfulfilling. And um, God loves you. He's got a plan for you. So he can give you the strength to walk away from this lifestyle. She needs to share that prayerfully and carefully. She's going to be hated. She's going to be rejected. Jesus said, if we love him and if we follow him, not to be surprised when the world rejects and hates us, because Jesus said, when that happens, just know this, that the world rejected me first and hated me first. He said, you will be hated. So this is a toughie, but it's a reality that all of us as committed believers have to deal with. And let's be honest right now. The fact is, you're the, you might be the only one in your family's world that cares enough about their souls. It's very convenient that when we pick our sins to fulfill and to live out, we'll justify doing them and getting away with them because the particular God or gods that we worship allow us to do those things. We'll find gods that give a thumbs up 
to our aberrant activities, whatever they might be. But the God of the Bible says, nope, it's an abomination. It will, it, it, it will destroy you. So does science. So does psychology. So, so does chemistry. All of these things agree with what God has said. So someone who loves is going to have to say the truth. That's what has to be said. And if you love somebody, you got to tell them. And so that's the answer to what we're looking at. And you have to love them more than the love of your own life. You have to love them more than protecting your own self. And, and I tell you what, today as Christians, this is a big deal because we're going up against political correctness, which in many ways I'm wondering now, it's so extreme. So I'm wondering now if it's not just demonically energized because when you violate the political correct narrative, boy, are you going to get it. And so the comfort for me is Jesus said there'd be days like this and we're in them. So maybe you find yourself in the same situation that she, she's in. And um, this is a quick answer, but uh, you, if you love somebody, you got to tell them that their adultery is wrong or that their fornication is wrong or that their cocaine use is wrong or that their pursuit of money that's driving them insane is wrong. I think you get the picture, right? So um, very, very critical things, very, very important things. So uh, keep that in mind. And do I take on another question? I'm going to look at producers looking on the other side of the camera. Yep. So this is very unrehearsed. So we're looking at this one. Uh, I won't state her name to protect the innocent. I asked my daughter how she can watch Game of Thrones as a Christian. Uh, she answered uh, that, what's wrong with it? Um, parent here is saying that it's disturbing. Um, it's, it's twisted and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the question about picking or choosing what you allow into your heart and your mind. I have to confess, I have never watched the Game of Thrones. I've seen commercials and the commercials bother me. Um, so I'm speaking from ignorance here. I've had people tell me that there's um, pretty bad verbiage on there and nudity and all this kind of stuff. Again, I've not seen it. I don't know. But um, I would simply answer this question by, by saying this, that now when you say your daughter, her daughter watches Game of Thrones, she doesn't say how old her daughter is. If her daughter is 21 watching the Game of Thrones and, uh, and claims to be a Christian and all, Look, I'm not saying she's not a Christian. I'm just saying that she needs to get some wisdom. And the Bible says in the book of Philippians that we should focus on things that are uplifting, things that are good, things that are encouraging, things that brighten your spirit rather than bring them down. You say, yeah, but it's just entertaining. It's, it's very entertaining. And I understand that. Um, I'm a real big fan of Lord of the Rings. Now, granted, it's, it was written by Tolkien, a Christian. And the way, you know, I knew what Christian, what, what Tolkien had written. So when I saw Lord of the Rings, I understood what he meant by it all because he, he made it clear. So you might say, well, you like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. But <laughs> I also have to tell you that there's some stuff that I watched uh, in other programs that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know anything about this, this movie or this show. And it looks cute or fun or whatever. And you turn it on and wham, this thing happens. What do you do? Christian, I'm talking to you. What do you do? Oh, you know, we, we just rented this movie and we're just us tonight. We have popcorn and we're sitting around and then wham, this scene comes on. You know what? 
uh, this really happens in real life in our home. And I know something's up when Lisa and I both go like this, right? We'll just look at each other. And you know right then and there, we should probably bail on this one. You say, Jack, are you serious? Yeah, because you know what? I'm, I'm that free. I'm that liberated. I don't have to watch that. Because in my head, that kind of stuff brings up old thoughts, old memories, or, or things that I don't even want to have in my head, even if it doesn't bring up old stuff. And if both, you know, if both of you look at it and say, you kind of like, what do you think? Then, that okay, you cross the line. <laughs> and look, some people, they can deal with it. That's, that's, this is a thing of conscience for them. For me, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and look, I had a friend ask me recently. I was, I don't watch like, um, I don't like watching boxing matches and stuff like that. Um, I don't like uh, what's the what's this is the ultimate cage fight type stuff. The M is it MMA? Um, here's the here's the reason why I don't like. I used to like it, by the way, before I was a Christian. Loved it. That kind of stuff. Fights in the street. Those are very cool. I loved it. Then I became a Christian, and this is my conviction. I'm not imposing it upon you, and maybe this will answer your question about the Game of Thrones. It was my conviction after I became a Christian, I don't think for sport, uh, anything, for, uh, for, listen a bit of this, lack, for a lack of self-defense, that guy's knocking that guy's teeth out. Now, that guy just broke his cheek or just broke that guy's nose. As a Christian, I realize now, that dude's creating the image of God. Uh wrestling okay i get that nfl football okay i get it olympic wrestling go for it uh even boxing with gloves great but when you have bare fists and stuff where you're out to destroy the guy for me i just can't cross that line i have to stop right there it's a violation of my conscience and so you need to sit before the lord on these things and you are never as believers we're never to sin against our own conscience that way and so uh, this, by the way, if you kind of uh, entertain this and adopt this, this will give you a, a lot of things to ponder uh, in life, period, because that can go from food. You know, some people go to a place and they order four Big Macs, uh, you know, a bucket of fries and three milkshakes. And it's just like, really? That person thinks it's fine. I'm kind of offended by it. How am I offended? The guy's killing himself. That's horrible. It offends me. He doesn't care that he's killing himself. <laughs> It's kind of tragic. But listen, that's his tragedy. The thing is, you know, you look up, dude, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. Oh, I love it. All right. Hey, I raised the flag. I raised the warning. It's a personal thing. So this thing about Game of Thrones, again, I've not seen it. But if it's questionable like that, um, then if it's not edifying, then maybe it's something that, that you'd want to back away from. And uh, when there's things that are blatantly uh, against scripture, then that's not, you don't even have to pray about that. That's right. You don't even have to pray. Real, real life junk. So a husband and wife come in to meet and the man grew up in a certain way of very, very no boundaries, uh, very, very steeped into pornography. They get married. And after about a month of marriage, he's, He's bored. It's not working anymore. So the only way for them to, uh, I call it wrestling in a different way, right? Goofing off, whatever. Uh, he said, look, the only way this is going to work is if I view porn while we're together. Can you imagine 
Can you imagine? She was brokenhearted. What's in his mind while he's with her? She's just, she's just devastated. And their marriage is on the rocks, totally on the rocks. Why? What happened? To him, he didn't see anything wrong with it. He thought, well, this is fine. No, it's not fine. This is a, not, this is a thing of, of not so much conscience and conviction. That would be something that clearly violates the will of God and the word of God. You see, it's a big difference. You don't have to pray about that. You have to obey God. And so we have to be wise in this day and age. So uh, these are just a couple of questions, and um, we're going to be wrapping this up. Look, we're just now venturing out into podcasting, and we want to do and take on everything. I told the, the team that what we're going to do, please, is to, is to do something where it is just like you and I sitting across from the table. How I'm talking now is, the how, is how I live with friends. It's how I live with the staff that I work with. It's how I live with my neighbors, just like this. It may or may not mean anything to anybody else, but if it can help in any way, shape, or form, then great. Uh, like I said in our first podcast, we're going to be at times bringing in guests. Some of them might be of note. Some of them might be, so to speak, the guy we pull in off the street and ask him. Uh, questions or uh, delve into worldviews. But we hope it, it means something to you. I know a lot of people are getting a lot out of podcasting these days. And uh, I enjoy uh, listening and viewing podcasts as well. You can let us know. You can go to uh, reallifewithjackhibbs.org, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And uh, you can put questions to us there. You can uh, give us ideas of things that you want to have uh, dealt with. Um, and so listen, just another way of getting out truth while we can listen, keep your eyes on Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. None of us are going to get into heaven by being good people. The Bible makes that very clear. You can't get there by being good. In fact, because of the fact that you and I are bad inside and out, we need salvation. All of us are S I N positive and God tells us that we need his blood to cleanse us of that poison. And that blood came through Jesus Christ at the cross. He died there according to the ancient prophets, rose again from the dead. As the prophets foretold, Jesus Christ is the one and only. He left us an empty tomb in Jerusalem. He's the only religious founder of a faith that uh, he abandoned his tomb. Uh, you can go to all the tombs of the world and there lie the dust or the bones of its founders except Jesus. Call out to him. Ask him if he's real. He'll show you himself if you're honest. God bless you guys. See you next time.